Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? I'm here. You're here. Today we are going to chat about the X Talk by Rachel Lynn Solomon. But first, mom, Ellen, what have you been reading and watching? Well, I'll tell you what I've been reading, and then we can both talk about what we're watching because yes. we watched everything the same. The same. Per usual. <laughs> per usual. Um, so I listened to, in my effort to get through all the Bridgerton books, I listened to uh, The Viscount Who Loved Me. Yes. And here's my thoughts. If you have never read the Bridgerton books, don't do the audiobooks. And I would recommend reading them over the audiobooks. Yeah. I don't love her male voices. She makes the male voices... I think it, we've and we've talked about this before, but I think any dual POV that doesn't have and that one's not even I think that one's kind of third person, but yeah, I think it's just better if you have a male and a female in general. And here was my other thought while reading the book: anyone who's watched the Bridgerton series. And these whole people who were, all these people who were like, but Anthony wasn't that bad. They made him out to be so bad. Anthony is terrible. And he has to be terrible, though, because that's the whole reason why Kate didn't want him to marry her, her sister. Yeah. I mean, he has to be a no-ashamed rake. And yeah. um, he has to be horrible in order for the second book to work. So... And also, just like, I mean, maybe he's more horrible to Daphne in the show than he is on the in the books, but it gave us a lot more Jonathan Bailey in that first season. So who I'm are we? I'm here for it. Yeah, so who are we to begrudge them giving us that? So those are my thoughts that I had while listening to The Viscount Who Loved Me. Yeah. And, then, um, and then I read the X-Talk. So that's what I've read this week. Um, I haven't read anything... Additional. I um, I fin- I took my test on Tuesday. You all, there was a, a number of you that gave me a great outpouring of love. A great outpouring of love and encouragement from all of you, which I greatly appreciated. Um, I don't know how it went, but it's done, and that's what I care about right now <laughs> in this moment. And you don't have to re- study till your eyes bleed. Yeah, I was. I was definitely getting burnt out. In fact, I needed like a few days to fully recover from from doing that. Um, okay, watching we the other We've night watched many things. Yeah. Um, so the other night we rented Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar, um, and it was I I really enjoyed it. It was fun. It was silly. If you, if you don't like silly humor. It's very, well, and kind of weird. And um, it's just weird and silly. However, what's his face? Yeah, Jamie Dornan, who has never like fully done anything for me, but he really doesn't like you give, you put him in a funny, you put anyone in a funny role and I'm probably going to find them attractive. But he was adorable singing, dancing, who knew he had it in him. Yeah. I was here for it. Yeah. Um, and... It's, yeah, I I thought it was, if you're looking for a very silly, kind of weird, you know, movie, and... You Just know, something light, a frolic. It's definitely a frolic. Yes, and... And it um, gets crazy at the end, like falls apart at the end, as most of those silly comedies do. Yeah. But... Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun. And then after we watched that movie, um, actually, I, well, I'd heard from many people that this show was good, but I, I know Jess on the Facebook group was a huge proponent of this show as well. Um, I had heard Ted Lasso was good, and here's the thing about Ted Lasso. <laughs> I love Jason Sudeikis. Ellen has loved Jason Sudeikis for a and, long yeah, time. Yeah. Um, and so... Since SNL days. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Like, since he first came on the scene. Um, so, I did not need my arm twisted, but I did need Apple an TV. Apple Plus, <laughs> an Apple TV Plus account. Um, so, I'm currently going through a um, free week trial on that. Um, and so, we started the show, and then we finished it that same night at 2 o'clock in the morning. We did. And, um, you know, 
a show about soccer players. Yeah, maybe not. In a not, locker room. But the locker lot. room scenes <laughs> are worth it. Yeah. Um, that is good. It's, I mean, it's just a delight of a show. It is. And he is a delight of a character. Yeah. No matter what else is going on in the show, he is just such a good guy that you can't help but love him. Plus, yeah. he's Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. So, and um, so it, we actually watched it all in one night. And then the next night, watched it all again with my husband, who wasn't home the first yeah. time we watched it. So that it. was the thing that happened. So we're get, really getting our money's worth out of this free trial. Um. And I also need to point out that, like, the character of Roy is the grumpy hero of my heart. Like, and, and he's also not bad to look at. And he's funny. He makes yeah. very funny comments. Yes, he does. They're, they all do. Like, it's, yes. it's a very funny, very sweet, very, like, life-affirming show. And um, so, yeah. So, we recommend that. Highly. Well. I would say highly. Highly recommend, recommend. In fact, spoiler alert, I know that Jason Sudeikis won the Golden Globe for that show. Trent Ellen, you didn't have to ruin it for me. We haven't watched the Golden Globes yet. Um, and I almost called you my sister's name. You did almost call me your sister's name. Um, and then the only other thing really that I could think of that we've watched is I needed some naps. And so we watched a lot of Mystery Science Theater. Because yeah. that's my napping show. <laughs> Um, Only because we've seen all of them yeah, many times. Especially, especially the ones we watched. <laughs> especially I the can, new like, ones. quote some of those by heart now. Um, okay. So today we are chatting about The X-Talk by Rachel Lynn Solomon. It is a standalone novel and I know it's at least one of her first adult fiction novels as she um, that she's published. She's written um, a mainly young adult from what I understand. Um, here is the back cover description for The X Talk. Shay Goldstein has been a producer at her Seattle public radio station for nearly a decade, and she can't imagine working anywhere else. But lately, it's been a constant clash between her and her newest colleague, uh, Dominic Yun, uh, who's fresh off a journalism master's program and convinced he knows everything about public radio. When the struggling station needs a new concept, Shay proposes a show that her boss greenlights with excitement. On the X-Talk, two exes will deliver relationship advice live on air. Their boss decides Shay and Dominic are the perfect co-hosts given how much they already despise each other. Neither loves the idea of lying to listeners, but it's this or unemployment. Their audience gets invested fast, and it's not long before the X-Talk becomes a must-listen in Seattle and climbs the podcast charts. As the show gets bigger, so does their deception, especially when Shay and Dominic start to fall for each other. And an industry that values truth getting caught could mean the end of more than just their careers. So, Mom, what did you think of the X-Talk? Ellen, I loved this book. Yeah, I think I'm going to... I gave it five stars. I... Oh, wow. Yeah, I really... Loved this book. I'm going to say I love this book despite some quibbles that might normally knock a different book down a few pegs. Um, but I still, there was, there was things that I loved so much that they like made up the difference for some of those quibbles. Okay. So I, I don't even know that I have any quibbles. I, I loved this book. There we go. There we go. Now you'll bring up some stuff and I'll think, yeah, but... I'm just saying. No, and you know, I don't I don't want to harsh on our buzz because No, it, I loved it and whatever you say is wrong. Okay. <laughs> um, well let's just get into it and we'll see who comes off right. Me. Me. <laughs> no. I I don't like no, I I did love this book and we'll we'll talk about it. Um, so what did you think of Shay as our heroine? I liked Shay, and I liked, <laughs> I liked lots of stuff. Yeah, let me preface this by saying that I feel like Shay and I have a lot in common. Oh my gosh. Well, a dog named Steve Rogers. Yeah, we're going to talk about that, because I have a lot of <laughs> thoughts on that dog. Well, um, there was a lot of things. There were a lot of things in this book that I could relate to. I mean, yeah. there were a lot of... No, like, kind of where I feel like Rachel Lynn is like my assigned NSA agent. Yeah, and who's you need listening. to go find your Korean boyfriend. <laughs> He's out there, Ellen. <laughs> who's listening in on my conversation. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, so I really like Shay a lot. Um, I'm also, uh, the only action that I get is notifications from my dating apps, so I can relate to that. Um, I relate to a lot of her feelings about her own voice on a podcast I know, format. well, that's the whole podcast thing. I, I could relate to so much of what was going on. Yeah. Like, when, at first, because when we first started doing this, I hated my voice. I hated yeah. the sound of my voice. I listened to every episode and said, I hate it when I do that. I hate it when I do that. And so I tried to change. I didn't, I laughed too much. I try not to laugh. I mean, obviously, we, we, still, still, laugh. we still laugh. But I don't like being silly and giggly all the time. Mom, but sometimes we mom, still do. Mom, it I'm bad. tight ship around here. I'm bad when we have other people on the show. Yeah. That's when I get really giggly because you don't make me laugh that much anymore yeah and um the, the, the mystery has gone away yes in yes relationship. everything you say is just like eh whatever <laughs> but um there were just a lot of things that I related to in this book whatever now that I'm living with mom like she starts telling a story I'm like mom you've told me this story so many hey, times think of how my dad is and I'm only gonna get worse oh, so you gosh. might as well just get in you know buckle up baby um but with Shay I also worry that my face without glasses would look asymmetrical I thought, that I thought about that because I know you you well, like the way glasses look on you. everybody's always asked me like would you get LASIK or anything I'm like I feel like it would make me sad to like <laughs> lose glasses entirely well, we like glasses shopping and and finding cute glasses and... yeah like glasses are kind of a, like and I feel like they're kind of part of my identity to a certain degree now and um you know I I wear contacts sometimes but I also hate wearing contacts so well I haven't ever been able to wear contacts I have yeah. I have to wear glasses mom's I'm, got busted eye I'm blind in one eye and um so they won't let me wear contacts and um I, so when I was like younger and I just was dying to wear contacts and I couldn't, but now I'm like, eh, I don't think I would want to bother with them. I know. Well, I have just like super sensitive eyes to, like, you should see me when I cut an onion. It's. You are a big baby. I'm not a baby. <laughs> like, seriously, I was cutting one tonight and just as soon as I cut into it and like, I can't, like, I can't do it. Like, I can't, I'm closing, this This is how dangerous it is. I'm cutting an onion with my eyes closed because I can't see through the tears. That sounds like an Ellen problem. It does. <laughs> um, and I'm the same way with my contacts. Just, like, after a few hours, I'm like, I have to get these out of my freaking eyes. And I've tried, like, a bunch of different brands, and it's still just, like, does not work for me. Anyway, Shay. You're so um, sensitive. I'm so sensitive. Um... I just really liked her. I She makes some decisions that kind of frustrate me, um, but as, like, would I be, would I be friends with her? Yes, I would. Yes. I, um, I liked her as a person. I liked, you know, I think we, we jive on a lot of, uh, things. I guess the one thing I had to quibble with was her blow up at Amina. Is that how you say her name? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Which I understood. I could understand her being angry about it, but... That felt like a very real friend fight to me because... But it just seemed like something that could have been, like, that shouldn't have lasted for months. It seems like something. I agree with that. Um, But, like, when it was happening, you know, you feel... (laughs) I felt for Amina's Absolutely. And I could absolutely feel... Yeah, because he was, like, in the middle of this. And I could absolutely feel for how Shay felt and how Amina felt. Yeah. And how Amina was just trying to kind of, I'm saying her name right, right? Amina, is that how you You know me. I only like pay attention to first A-M-E-E-N-A, initials. A M E E N A. I think is how it was spelled. Yeah. So that's what I'm calling her. You can all make comments if I'm wrong. But um I you know, I she was just kind of come up with reasons why it was okay for her to leave, I think, like convincing herself, yeah. "Oh, I'm I'm not going to miss this and I'm not going to miss this." But I could see where Shay was like taking internalizing all of all of her comments and because yeah. she, she felt was already, she was part of what she was yeah, trying to get away from. Yeah. She's already we already know as the reader that she's like feeling super sensitive about the fact that her friend is leaving and she doesn't feel like she know. has any other friends. Yeah. Um and I also think that uh, Shay was completely fair in being kind of like, well, don't put that on me that you decided to stay. Yeah. Like, I would have supported you, you know. Yeah, that leave. that I didn't. Yeah, that was on Amina. I, yeah. I don't think that was yeah. Shay's fault. I could yeah. see where Shay might feel like, you know, for a hot minute, like it was her fault. But, yeah. yeah. But um, 
It just seemed like something that shouldn't have gone on for months. It seems like something I, they, they should have that. There's over there's a, a couple things where I'm like that went on longer than I would have liked it to have gone on. But and, still, it didn't we'll take me out that. of the story. I I still okay. Um, what did you think of Dominic as our hero? Um, not Dom, Dominic. Dominic. Um, I love Dominic. He too had little things that he needed to kind of work through. Yeah. And, um, he's such a doll though. He is such a doll and just like he was with her dog. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he collects cast iron frying pans, which seems like an extremely heavy collection. Yeah. <laughs> and like somewhat cumbersome, yeah, cumbersome because like they don't always stack well. well no. And, and it sounds like he has different sizes. Yeah. And so when they were moving in the epilogue, when she when he's moving in with her, I was thinking, oh, they had to move all those freaking cast iron pants. <laughs> and all those damn beanie babies. <laughs> well, those might still be at his mom's house, but he yeah, still had the one in the box. Yeah. Um, yeah, I loved him. I thought he was such a sweetheart. We love a less experienced hero. Yes. I, and I really liked the the age difference. I did, too. I always like when there's a little bit of a... She's older than him. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, at, to a certain degree, I was kind of like, okay, we get it. You're older. But you would comment on it. I think, and there's no need to, but I think societally we think that it needs to be mentioned a lot that he's making her feel old. Well, I didn't um, think it was mentioned overly much. I mean, they mentioned that she was 29 and he was 24. She makes a lot of jokes about it and stuff. Though, oh, and they do tease about it. Yeah. But- you would. Yeah, I, mean. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, and so okay, think of our family. Would we not make fun of that? <laughs> no, I know. And um, and so that's why I'm saying I, like, at first I was like, okay, we get it. Like, like right old. now, your dad is 60 and I'm 59. Yeah. And I always have to point out that he's, I'm still young and in my 50s and he's yeah. old and in his 60s. <laughs> Um, it's an old man. And apparently he's got cracking forearms, which... Uh, yeah, I'm here for that. Not your dad. Well, no. I mean, your dads aren't bad. But <laughs> Dominic. Dominic. <laughs> yeah, I'm all about the arm porn. Yeah, yes. And I like that she, like... And it's funny to me because he said something about wearing short sleeve short, short sleeve shirts. And I'm no. like, no, 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 no. It, it has to have long sleeves rolled up. Yeah. Because if you wear short sleeve shirts... That's wrong. That doesn't. Yeah, it ruins it's true. it. True, and I'm wondering why. Why that, is that? I mean, it's not. It's not. It's still nice, like because you still get to see the forearms. It just looks dorkier. Yeah, or I think I don't know what it is. It's um, what were we just watching or talking to someone, sleeves? and they were saying it's like, um, maybe it was in this book, and I'm just completely. What were we watching or something where they were like the four? Oh, somebody on Facebook said something about like with forearms that were like a bunch of um, uh, that were a bunch of like Regency era women who were like, show <laughs> us your, your ankles. ankles. <laughs> but it's like, oh, oh pull, those those sleeves, the pull those sleeves up, baby. But it's true. I, I, a short sleeve shirt does not do anything as much for me as no. a long sleeve shirt With, rolled up rolled up yeah and i think it's because of that like contrast of the like bunch of sleeve With, to the arm with the sinewy arm coming yeah. out of it yeah gosh why hmm. does that work so much <laughs> i don't know but it's pretty delicious <laughs> um so yeah so dominic is a sweetheart and we will talk about him more as we go along um okay obviously i need to pause for a moment um, and talk about Steve Rogers, the dog. Because. <laughs> there was more than just his name that made me think of your yeah, dog. Yeah, <laughs> I know. There was so much. Okay, so. Your dog the, is not a chihuahua, however. No, he's not. Um, I have a beagle named Steve Rogers. And he's a, a beagle on the small side. Yes, he is. Oh, he's in here right now. Hi, bub. He'll probably um, be snoring out loud for you. Yeah, you'll, <laughs> he's been licking himself. So if you've heard that, um, that was Steve Rogers. Um, so. Yeah, I have a Steve Rogers the dog. He is also disloyal in that anytime a dude comes near him, he is, like, hungry for dude attention. He loves dudes. And I think it's because he's always loved lived with a bunch of chicks. No judgment, though. <laughs> no judgment. <laughs> love is love. Um, and... So, like, any time a guy would come over to, like, our apartment, he was just like, oh, yes, testosterone, love me, please. <laughs> and um, so he's disloyal, just like Steve Rogers in the book. And um, 
I once, my neighbor was watching him for me and she texted me and she's like, so he's been staring at the wall for 10 minutes. Is that normal? I'm like, yeah, he just does that sometimes. Well, sometimes you say, we think he's seeing ghosts. Yeah, I, no, seriously, one time I was convinced he was seeing ghosts because he kept staring like up into the corner of the room and he was like trembling. And I'm like, well, that's the other thing her dog did that Steve does is the shaking when he gets nervous. Yes. And, and the running around like a banshee. Yep. So there were so many things she talked about. I was like, this is just like our Steve. Yeah. Yes, he is. And so I just deeply respected that there was literally representation of a dog named Steve Rogers. I just <laughs> love that. And like, it's funny to me because it's such an unusual thing to name a dog. Yeah. When, it's funny to me that she came up with this same name that you have for I your know. dog. Um, when I first, cause I always just wanted to, I don't, we had a dog named Bob. And I think when we were naming Bob, Steve got floated around as a name option and I wanted Steve and I got outvoted. And so like I went through childhood wanting a dog named Steve. And, um, and so like when I got my dog on my own, I was, I named him Steve and my brother was like, you finally did it. I'm like, yeah, I finally did. Cause I'd always <laughs> just talked about how I wanted to name a dog Steve. And, um, but my friends were like, well, he needs to have some pop culture significance because you're such like a pop culture person. And I'm like, oh, his name can be Steve Rogers because I also love Chris Evans. So it was, you know, (laughs) so it it just all the roads were intersecting there. Correlated perfectly. (laughs) Um, and, but when I took Steve, when he was like a brand, like I, the day I got him, I took him to PetSmart to get stuff. And, um, some lady was like, Oh, I love your dog. Have you decided what your name him yet? I'm like, yeah, his name is Steve. She's like, it's my ex boyfriend's name. I'm like, cool. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> or you're welcome. Or, I mean, it could or be. we meet a lot of humans named Steve, or and so, um, yeah, people freaking love when I tell them that his name is Steve. Like, it's it's a huge hit with passersby on the street. Um, Steve the Beagle. And I totally get buying a dog to feel less lonely because that was basically what Steve was. Um. And when I lived alone, mom had to stay on the phone with me while I checked my there were, I know, shower. there were so many things in this book that I'm like, this is just like our life. Yeah. Um, mom had to stay on the phone while I checked my shower and my closet because... Because she'd call me on her way home from work and then yeah. she'd get home and she'd get Steve and we'd just be chatting on the phone. Yep. And she'd get Steve and then take him and walk him. And so she'd walk him around the block and let him do his Steve stuff. Yeah. And we'd be chatting the whole time. And then I'd have to stay on the phone with her when she got back to her apartment to make sure that no one was in the shower and no one was in the closet. Yeah. I just lived in constant fear that someone was going to be doing that. It's the murder shows. Um, It is the murder show. So let's be (laughs) honest. Um, Okay. I do have one quibble on the dog front, though. I need someone to do authentic representation of what it's like to be a single person with a dog. There were so many times where I'm like, but what about Steve? What are you going to do with Steve right now when you're meeting him up after work? Or, you know, because for me, it's like I couldn't do, I didn't feel like I could do anything. I still don't feel like I can do anything on weeknights. Well, this one was better than others because it was. She, she literally told him, I can't go out and get drinks with you because I have to get home and take care of the dog. But she would go out with Ruthie after work. Yeah, there was that, like where she stayed until eight o'clock at work or something with Ruthie. And I'm like, who the heck is feeding your dog? See, now I used to have to do that with our dogs, but they were okay. Well, but you wouldn't be that. Well, sometimes I would go straight from work to a play and then I wouldn't get home till like 11 o'clock at night. Jeez. Well, I well the other thing too though that I thought about because you can let bigger dogs go longer yeah. because they have bigger intestines and more places. and actually male dogs do better than female dogs. Yeah. And um and so but that a little Chihuahua he needs to go out you know quite a bit and so I just I was like you cannot have a and and when he was like when Dominic was like let's meet at my place I'm like. You should meet at her place. She has responsibilities at home. <laughs> Come on, Dom. <laughs> like, that's where my head is because I'm always, I'm always like, let's go to my house because I have to deal with my freaking dog anyway. Who's my dog? I should also say is um he has like separation anxiety to the nth degree. Uh, well, I'm always that way with with babies and things because you'll watch a TV show and they yeah. have a baby and it's like, who is watching your baby right now? <laughs> or the worst is soap operas. It's like, who on earth? Has your children right now. Well, it's just like a sitcom with like, why aren't you at work? (laughs) Ever. Ever. (laughs) What kind of job is this that you have? Yeah. 
Okay, so that's all I need to say about the dog. Um, but she came, she came closer than anybody else, but I need somebody to do authentic representation about how you can't have a personal life when you have a dog. Um, that's my problem. That's my okay, excuse. I'm sorry. Um, okay, let's talk about the premise of their fake show. What did you think of that? Just like... Here's my thought on that. The setup with like them faking this show. Um, I don't know why they had to be exes. I think it was cute to have people who completely disagree and argue all the time be on a show for, just for the banter reasons, but mm-hmm. it didn't necessarily have to be exes. And they could have called, even still called it X talk and then just had them talk about their, exes. about their exes, you know, or past relationships. It doesn't even have to be, you know, they don't have to talk about individuals. I mean, it's not as much of a hook. No, I get that. But I think there were ways around it. I just, I just did not buy completely that. It was such um, a big deal. No, I, I buy that the internet would be pissed off about them lying. I don't understand why, I don't understand how that, like, went through the chain of command that they were like, yeah, let's do this thing that could so badly blow up in our faces. Well, plus, there's a bazillion people out there who they could have hired to come in and do the show. I yeah. mean, if that's really what they wanted. Yeah. And um, I didn't ever, like, buy into their, like, storytelling. Like, oh, people just, it's storytelling. I'm like, no, it's not. And you know it's not. Yeah. So, like. But I think there's ways around it. If they just wanted them to have a show, then they could have done a different premise. I mean, and it still could have been entertaining and it could have been fun for them to listen to them talk and argue and whatnot. But, um, well, and they could have even just like built, built a show around like, we don't like each other at all. And we're going to be upfront about the fact that we don't like each other. And then, you know. Right. Um, And it could have still had the same thing about them. However, the X Talk is a cute name for a book. It's true. It's and it's you know and a show and a podcast. Yeah. Um. Okay. How about when they start the relationship? What did you think of that? Like when they when they start hooking up? Well, it's a romance book, so I knew it was coming. Yeah, obviously. Um. I love how they kind of use their fake relationship to flirt. Like, yeah. I love when he refers to the time they hooked up in Booth C. And, <laughs> she, and she's like, oh, oh, really? And she gets, and, I mean, and she, like, feeds into it. Yeah. And then I love that they eventually do hook do up, hook up in Booth C. <laughs> yeah, that was great. And you knew that shit was going to go down yes. when they went to the Airbnb. I was like, okay, so here we go. Here we go. Here <laughs> we fact, go, girls. In fact, I uh, asked mom, I'm like, where are you? She's like, they just got to their Airbnb. I'm like. How, what has anything happened at the Airbnb? She's like, no, but obviously something's going to. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> obviously. And um, that, first of all, and that whole thing was like when the boss makes them go on a trip alone together to a place that has one bedroom. Honestly, it all seemed very um, sexual harassmenty, kind of. Did it, Mom? Yeah, it did. Well, he had a few problems. Yeah, he with did that have now, some problems with he? that. But to me, that was just very blatant, and I just was like. You guys are just okay. Well, I guess they were okay with it because they were into it. But it just, all of it seemed very. Uh, perfect for just rom-com setup. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. It's a perfect rom-com setup. But yeah. in real life, in real life, that would be very wrong. Yeah. I I don't disagree. Um, and then the, un- the other thing that <laughs> I, it's total romance novel thing. But, like, the whole let's just be casual, quote-unquote, thing. That's um, never going to work. Pissed me off a little bit, just especially when she broke up with him and then, like, doesn't tell him why she's breaking up with him. Well, I did have a problem with that. But um, the whole casual thing I get because she's been burned so many times. Yeah, and they're trying to keep it, like, somewhat casual um with the whole podcast thing and, and they don't want it to blow up and ruin everything but like when they're obviously both catching feelings even though they both already had at that point like just own up to it that's what absolutely <laughs> Mom. um okay before we talk about the conflict let's talk about kent 
who is a dick. A dick. Here's what I... He's very passive aggressive, though, oh in his gosh. dickishness. And that's... I liked so... Um, I like when she's talking to Paloma, uh-huh. right? Um, and... Paloma says, yeah, he gets away with it because he seems like a nice guy. And a nice guy wouldn't be a misogynist. And know? he always would hide it in compliments. Yeah. But really, he's only asking the women to take notes at the meeting. Yeah. Because you are you have a good eye for detail. And, it's yeah. like, and, he, and hides, he hides his... Mis- I think that's what Paloma says. He hides his misogyny behind, like, compliments kind yeah. of thing. And it was just... And so I really... So I did not like Kent, but I liked that representation because I think that that is the misogyny that we see now. Because I think a lot of guys think, I-, I love women, you know, I'm not a misogynist. I yeah. I love women. She's she's great at her job. She's a good little coffee getter, you know? It's like, yeah. <laughs> okay, you dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I think a lot of times, you know, we see misogyny portrayed as, like, overt and... Mustache twirly. Yeah, and mustache twirly and, um, you know patting girls' butts on the way out the door kind of thing. But I don't think that that... I mean, I know it does still happen, but it, it's not the common everyday... It's not as prevalent. Yeah. And I think this is more of a way that men out there think that they're not misogynists. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't treat women bad. I'm good to women. Yeah. It's like, no, you don't see it. Oh, honey. <laughs> um, so I really liked that exploration of... A misogynist in today's current climate who does not realize he's a misogynist because that's more of the misogyny that I see on... Well, and the whole fact that he just blew this thing up right before they did their live show, that was a horrible thing. And the whole whole manipulation of it just so that they wouldn't be hireable by anyone else. Yeah. I mean, gosh, you just want to throw him. Well, it seems like a freaking HR... Nightmare. Well, which is, I'm sure, how that went down eventually. But oh. I did. Well, let's talk about the conflict because I, I yeah. had some things that I really liked. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, okay, so conflict. What did you think? Um, I was on board with the conflict. <clears throat> I got why she was angry at him, and I got why she was really angry. She was not as understanding of his stage fright. That's what I need to say. Her complete disregard for his stage fright kind of pissed me off. She acknowledges that, like, she acknowledges that, oh, I should maybe be more aware of his stage fright. I'm like, yeah, you should. Because, like, I mean, I know some people who have debilitating stage fright. We have a kid that goes to our church who, like, as soon as they get up to talk, they start bawling their eyes out because... Yeah, and um, I no, I get that people have debilitating stage. And that would be that like that whole scenario like would be the worst nightmare of someone with stage fright. And so, however, because there's a lot of things he did wrong there. Yeah. First of all, um, that he he could have just walked off stage and then waited for her. Yeah. And then they could have talked it out instead of going all the way back to the room. But I think he was kind of having, like, panic attack. Yeah, yeah. And I think that he was, like, he knew she was going to be mad that he... Anyway. Ghost. And, yeah. And um, then the fact that he was willing to stay at the station after all that Kent had done. Yeah. But, um... But he had to do it so that he could go on the pledge drive. I know. And that was adorable. (laughs) So I, so while I was mad at some elements of that conflict, I freaking loved that grand gesture. (laughs) Yeah, that was, that was really adorable. Yeah. And um, I love them cursing to screw over Kent. Yeah, and I love <laughs> your effing fines. Let enjoy, <laughs> hope you enjoy your effing fines. Yeah, that was great. <clears throat> um, the other thing that I need to mention that I did not love about the conflict, though, is when there's one point where she's like, you know, Dominic eventually stopped texting, so I guess that means this is over. And it's like, he stopped texting because <laughs> you weren't responding to him at all. Like, why should he keep texting you yeah. if you're if nothing is coming of it? Well, and I think she kind of understood that too because yeah, she says something after that. Maybe. I know, I know, but but um, but yes, and um, but for the most part, it was a pretty good conflict, and yeah. I loved the grand gesture. I loved 
her going back to the studio, I loved, yeah. it made me think of um, Scrooged. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where he gets on and starts talking about her and yeah. how wonderful she is. <clears throat> um, anyway, I thought it was, yeah, yeah. there were parts of it where I was like, ugh, ugh. But then I was like, uh. Yeah. And listen, I, I don't, I don't not think she had a right to be disappointed in him that, you know, he didn't stick by her and he obviously didn't handle himself well post right. that, you know, blow up on stage. Um, but I felt like given what she knew about him and his stage fright, she at least owed it to him to hear him out after when he was trying to like right. get in contact with her. But I think she was, <clears throat> in her defense, she was pissed about a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, he was just part of what yeah. all blew up. Yeah, I, I get that. It's And that's why it took a little while for her to calm but down that's and, like when <clears throat> you were, and compartmentalize it all. When you were saying, like, she took too long with the Amina thing. I think she also took too long with this thing. Yeah. And um, there was something else where I was like, she also took too long with that. But I can't think. Oh, the casual thing. I thought yeah. that they took too long to, like, resolve the casual breakup thing, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but that grand gesture, totally. I was like, okay, I forget everything that I have a quibble with. <laughs> and I love that he unplugged the mics when, you know, yeah, he, when told, he was about to sell her. Tell he her loves they loved her. her, so he didn't do it on the air. And Even though he's been, like, you know, praising how much he loves her for the past two hours on But whatever. On yeah. He, when he says it to her face-to-face, -face, yeah. it's just them. Yeah. And then I love how they cuss out Kent on online and both of them quit and walk away. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Um, okay. Let's talk about sex, baby. This one wasn't bad. Really? I thought this one was pretty... It was pretty steamy, but it wasn't, like, super bad. No, it wasn't. And there's nothing, like, you know, that where I'm like, oh, gosh, my mom's writing this. But it gets... They get pretty hot and heavy. They like, do get hot and heavy. A few times. And um, our, our little Dominic likes him some dirty talk, which was... Yeah, you hate that. I hate that. <laughs> Um, and, uh, I also, like, apparently sex in a mirror is becoming a trope in romance, because this is, like, our Ugh, third Gosh, I can't think of anything worse. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, like, our third or fourth sex in a mirror scene that we've read. Somebody yeah. needs to, like, figure out our tally on sex in a mirror <laughs> books. Um, but yeah, um, so... That was a thing. That was a thing. Um, I didn't I, feel like we had too much of the sex. Like, I think most of the sex was... No. And, and you know, like we always say, the sex that is there, I think, does further along their remote, emotional arc and right. things like that. And, um, and also, I think, um, you know, because both of them are you know, forthcoming in the fact that, um, they don't do casual very well and that they always, you know, kind of get attached. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's somewhat important with them because that's, it, that furthers their attachment to people in general when they have done that in the past as well. Right. Um, I also just think it was kind of cute when, you know, you see kind of sweet little Dominic um, asking for things that he likes and things like that. Well, and uh, you know me. I liked that the no condom, no entry. Yes. <laughs> and that they were creative. Yes. Their... And that they still worked it out. Yeah. And um, then I did like the next time how, like, he had a box of condoms and she had brought some too because they were on it that yes. next time. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just got it sitting there. <laughs> On the nightstand. <laughs> Probably with the receipt next yeah. to it. <laughs> still Just still warm. It. <laughs> um, yeah, I I loved all of that. Um, okay, what was your swooniest moment? Um, I had a lot of swoony moments, but I'm going to have to say I really liked all the stuff at Orca Island. I don't even Is that what it's called? Yeah. I liked the... Um, First of all, I liked him with her dog, and I'm probably stealing your swooniest moment. <laughs> no, that's not necessary. <laughs> and I liked, 
you know, their hike and the antiquing and then the crazy sex. Mm-hmm. However, it did bother me that, um, like, he's fixing dinner and then they end up having sex and then they just go to sleep and it's like, um, what happened to dinner? Out. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you going to feed this poor girl? <laughs> That's where mom's <laughs> yeah. Someone needs to feed somebody. Um, okay. So I think, like, I think the grand gesture would be probably my swooniest moment, the moment where I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cute. I did too. And, and I even teared up a little bit. But, um, you know, I hate to just pick the no, grand gesture. So, aside from the grand gesture. Because that's just um, a given. The grand gesture is going to be The moment strange. that I, I was like, oh, was um, when, so they've had their like drunken kiss, etc. And then they're there at the Orcas Island, the Airbnb situation. And, um, she kind of is, like, moving in for the kill. Like, she wants to kiss him. And she talks about how she, like, can't stop thinking about kissing him. And um, and he tells her, like, no. The next time I kiss you, it's not going to be for the show. It's not going to be for this. It's going to be because I want to. And then they do it. And um, so I just... That whole yeah. scene was was sweet and swoony. And I liked it. And also when he wrapped up her dog in a thunder vest. <laughs> Um, I have a bot thunder vest, so for my dog who trembles at he and it does not do jack shit for my dog. <laughs> he's still a trembly little thing. He's <laughs> not so, all the time, but yeah, when he travel traveling is hard on him. He's the worst traveler. He used to be so good too, and it make, breaks my heart. But he got PTSD when we drove to Texas, and he's just like three days in the car. Don't don't put me in the car for thirty six <laughs> hours again. So he's a yeah. Um, okay, let's hear from some of the listeners on what they thought of this book. We ready? First of all, I think we should tell our listeners that we have a confession to make. We're not really mother and daughter. <laughs> yeah, we, we're, we don't want it to come out at PodCon. <laughs> PodCon, because we're going to PodCon. Yeah. Is that even a thing? Is that yeah, a, it is a okay. thing, actually. Well. Um, and, um, yeah, so we hate to break it to you, but... This whole time, we've been pretending to be mother and daughter. We're not really mother and daughter. <laughs> Actually, we must be, because there's no way I'd be this rude to any other person. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Call him a whore. <laughs> what? <laughs> Unless it was your sister or something like that. Yeah, I would call my sister a whore. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's a joke. That's a little joke, because... Because <laughs> during... While I was reading, I made a joke to Ellen about... Yeah. How- how yeah. we should say that we're not really mother and daughter. Yeah, that's our that's our big episode. That's our shtick. That and we... all the pictures of us together, those are all photoshopped. <laughs> if, all, which is false because I would photoshop myself way skinnier. <laughs> <laughs> all those pictures of her holding me as a baby, photoshopped. photoshopped. But those those 80s glasses are real. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, Catherine, she has this to say about the book. I really like Rachel Lynn Solomon as a person, and I have read all of her YA novels, so I had a feeling going into this one that it would be a love for me, and I was right. I highlighted so many funny lines and laughed out loud several times. I did think that Shay and Dominic kind of created the there's only one bed problem for themselves. Yeah, they did. Um, They could have made it work with the couch, but they obviously didn't want to. Obviously. Obviously. Um, Did you hear her describe him? What would you say? Yeah, come on. Um, Yeah, I think we can sleep in the same bed. (laughs) You get those forearms out. Let's keep this happening. Um, I also listened to NPR with my dad when I was a kid, so I related to that. The amount of your young jokes seemed realistic. Yeah. And I'm glad Shay opted for that instead of making the age difference the conflict. Yes. Yes. I agree. I like that that wasn't ever... It was a thing they joked about, but it wasn't ever... A problem. Like a sticking point for either of them. Um, my one lingering question, do you think Dominic's uh, ex heard the show and that's why she posted the pic with the new guy? Really interested to hear your thoughts on the book as podcasters. Um, I thought that they're, like, because, you know, I knew that the, that the secret was going to blow up in their face. And I thought what might happen was the ex was going to show up and post some tell-all about, like, well, if they were dating at this time, why did he send me, like, a sad, mopey email at that, you know, or something like that was going to happen. I thought that the ex was going to play some role. I'm fine that she didn't, but 
Yeah, I, but I, I can see them posting a picture. I mean, I could see her posting a picture just randomly. I mean, if you're dating a guy. Yeah, but I could also see her being a chick and being like, you have a post a podcast about where you talk about our relationship. Because I thought that was going to be the issue because <laughs> it sounds like they've talked about like previous relationships on the show. Um, and I think I'd be, well, I think I'd be a little mad, you know, if... <laughs> I'm trying to think. <laughs> if if someone has the right to be mad at you for talking on a podcast about a previous relationship. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I know. I talk about your dad all the time. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it's not a previous relationship. No. Um, and you talked like him that like that to his face. All the time. So, um, but yeah. So I, I thought that that might be a sticking point with the ex showing up. But I'm fine like it's not like something that they brought up enough where it felt like unfulfilled right you know um so Catherine's continues so oh our thoughts on it as podcasters i think we yeah, yeah. i totally get not liking the sound of your voice i but i do think though that she should have gotten over that because that is real to life <laughs> that is true to life where you i mean i still don't like listening to it um but that's just because I just don't like listening to myself talk. Not because I hate the sound of my own voice. I don't like listening to you either. That's why I don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> I'm joking. And I do listen to the podcast. I haven't for a while. I used to listen to it all the time when you weren't living with me, but now that you're living with me. It's like, oh gosh, not God, more. I cannot get in the car and just turn on my daughter's well, voice speaking, more. Speaking of Steve Rogers, when, so... Steve always would, like, get really whiny when I would leave, so I, and somebody mentioned, like, turning on the radio, and I was like, I have a freaking better idea. <laughs> I'm going to turn on my voice, which I have hours of recorded, um, and turn that on for him, and so I would turn on the podcast, and I just have this, like, image of him thinking to himself, like, geez, not these bitches <laughs> Day and night they talk. Day and night they talk. <laughs> it's like, geez, her going to work is like the one time I can stop listening to her yammer on. <laughs> By the way, he is full on snoring now. So if you hear if you hear that, that's him. Yeah, we're talking about you, Steve. <laughs> um, okay, Catherine continues. On my end, it feels like we know y'all, we know your taste in books, what's going on in your lives, and listen to you for an hour a week. Yeah. Um, the book touches on that relationship, which is interesting. Yeah, I did like, because some, uh, I highlighted a part in the um, book where she's talking about how, like, the best podcasts or, like, radio personalities, you feel like they're your best friends. And it's funny <laughs> because, like, we've had people tell us, like, they feel like we're their friends and things like that. And I'm they like, yeah. They want you to adopt them. Yeah, or that. Um, and so that's, I, that is a thing that happens. I, we've been told. Um, and I definitely have podcasts and stuff that I listen to where I'm like, huh, old so-and-so. Hey, yeah. Um, uh, Catherine continues again. Also, Rachel has said Steve Rogers in the book is named after her own dog. Oh, my gosh. I have to, we have to, like, connect yeah. over the Steve Rogers thing. I don't know. Because not all authors listen to our podcast. Yeah, I know. And if we don't like their book, we don't, I don't. tag them in it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, if she does listen, she needs to know that. Yeah, there's another Steve there's Rogers. There's another Steve Rogers out and, there. And, you know, he's some pretty stiff competition in the Q department, if I do say so myself. <laughs> um, uh, she said, I do hope some others in the group are able to enjoy it as much as I did. And then she does point out content warning for grief and loss of a parent who passed uh, 10 years ago, which, uh, yeah, there, there is a lot of talk about, you know, losing a parent. And that's, I know, a hard topic for some people to read. Um, I, I felt like it was handled, though, in a nice... In I thought it was handled well. I, I'm not a good judge. We just talked about this, <laughs> that I'm not a good judge of people who grieve. I've lost my mother and I was very sad when I lost my mother. Yeah. But I'm a very practical person. She is. To a fault. Sometimes. Yeah. To a fault most times. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I was very sad. I still am very sad and I still have conversations with my mother yeah. from time to time. But um, 
but it's not something that still brings me a lot of grief grief yeah um but i was like 40 when my mom died yeah and i do think and that that I think hits differently she's than, 18 yeah which would have been way sure. harder um, okay, the landlady reads on Instagram said, I loved it. W-W-A-M-W-M-D yeah. is my new thing. That was great. That was great. And it's so true. Yeah. Like, what would white mediocre man do? Yeah, because they will just do anything. And I think <laughs> as women, we, you know, cut ourselves off from that. But, um, yeah, I love that as a saying. Um, Cassie said, I loved this book. It kind of read like a nerdy love letter to public radio, and I thought it was sweet. I loved Dominic and Shay's banter and chemistry. I could find some issues to quibble over, but I read this in one day, which doesn't happen often because I enjoyed it so much and didn't want to put it down. So I'll just say that I loved this book and really enjoyed it. This was a great kickoff to the spring reading list. Yeah, definitely. Um, cause we, it's been a while since we've had like a good solid love. And I think we have to give a shout out to Arthur. Was it Arthur that yes. read the book for our free for all? Yeah. And, um, and gave it a good introduction. Our other male listener. Yeah. Well, that's what we'll call him. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, um, yeah, they did really have good banter. Like we did. The banter was excellent. And yeah. I really, there was a lot about this book. I really liked the writing. Yeah. Um, just like we explained the character of Kent, I think he was really well written for a for a um, villain. Yeah, and um, who you like didn't quite know was in the villain role for a while, yeah. but then like as more and more, you're like, hmm, I don't trust that Kent yeah. guy. He's a little shady. Yeah, and um, just a lot. And the banter was really good. Yeah. And I, I always love reading sarcastic comments, so you can tell that they're sarcastic comments. Because I don't even think it's, I don't think it's always easy to write sarcasm. Without I, like full on saying he said sarcastically. He said sarcastically, yeah. <laughs> and so it's, if the characters are developed well enough, you can tell it's sarcasm yeah. without them having to say, you know, they said sarcastically. Yeah. And, um, and I like to consider myself a bit of a sarcasm expert. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's what mom would, like, when people ask mom for parenting advice, she's like, um, sarcasm and ridicule. That's what she raised us on. And that is true. Sarcasm and ridicule. That's how I kept them in line. In case you can't tell from listening to However, being a teacher, it was very hard (laughs) because kids would do things. And the first thought to my mind was, I can't. To make fun of them. I can't say what's in Like she did her own children. (laughs) I will get fired if I say this to them. But um, but if there were other teachers around, you could say it under your breath to the other teachers. Yeah, so, there you go. So I have that to look forward to. So, so recess duty was just us bagging on the kids all the time. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Um, Bella said, just finished the X talk. Wished they could have called Kent out as a misogynistic asshole on air. Um, cute story. Holy forearms, Batman. Lots and lots of forearms. Four out of five for me. Um, yeah, I gave it a five out of five, which yeah, I don't usually do, but I really um, enjoyed this. I couldn't tell what was and what was not. Like he pulls the plugs out before he says "I love you," but then he puts them back in, he right, when they in. start swearing. So I do think that they did somewhat call him out on air. They did call him out on air, just I think just for being a dick, and yeah. but I don't think that they said anything about him being misogynistic. Yeah, I did think that something was going to happen where he like lost his job somehow. He or... did lose his job. In the epilogue, they talked about him losing his job. Did they? Mm-hmm. And I just... Yeah, because I read all the words. What's that like? That's why it takes you <laughs> so it damn long. So long. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Jess says, I devoured this book a couple of weeks ago and absolutely loved it. I love the enemies to tentative friends slash reluctant co-conspirators to lovers, office romance, fake relationship, only one bed goodness of the book. Um, oh, and this book gave me some hating game vibes too. Yes. A little bit. Except it wasn't so secretive that he had been having feelings for her. Yeah. Oh gosh. I need to reread that book. I love that. I think I do too. Before the, you know, if the movie ever comes out, but... Well, they, I think they finished, I know they wrapped shooting, I think. Oh. So before so, the movie comes out, I want to reread yeah. the book. 
Um, she said, I also thought there were so many swoon-worthy moments. I thought the banter and chemistry were top-notch. I liked the other relationships in the book as well, especially Shay's relationship with her mom, her new stepfamily, her best friend, and her dog. I think we see a lot of growth and development in Shay over the course of the book, and Dominic was just so darn cute. I have a couple of minor things that didn't work for me concerning the conflict, but ultimately still just loved the book. I loved the book so much that I picked up and read one of Rachel Lynn Solomon's YA books to Today, tonight, tomorrow, and that was fantastic too. Hmm. There you go. So, you know, I haven't read a YA in forever, and that's like I used to like exclusively read YA even when I was not of that age anymore. When you weren't YA yourself, yeah. Um, but then you know I found romance novels. And <laughs> they have a lot more sex in them. So. <laughs> I do. So it's a win-win. <laughs> Um, Jen Ellen 25 on Instagram said, I listened to the audiobook and it was really well done. I felt in the end, uh, it was more a women's fiction story with romance. It just felt more like Shay's journey and self self growth. I wanted more of Dominic. Also, I had major issues with the lie the pod was based on. Um, I get that. Well, I think that's part of the storyline though. So it, yeah. Um, I, I would say this one, we've read some that are like, this is just straight women's fiction with, like, a splash of romance. This one had more overt romance. Yeah, and I think it feels that way just because we just get her POV. We don't get his POV. But I was okay with it. Yeah, and just because, you know, she definitely goes through more growth than he does, right? I think she's she's got more inner turmoil going on. and Mm -hmm. And he kind of explains to us what he's going through, so... But this one is, I think more romance than some of, like, I would also classify this as women's fiction, I think. Um, but it's definitely more heavy on the romance than a lot of those that we've read before that I would classify as women's fiction. So, um, uh, Lori says, apologies. I know this will be longish, but I have complicated feelings about this one. Not bad, just complicated. For someone who has had, who has had a 10 to life taping of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me on her bucket list for years, I felt like this little love letter to public radio should have been a sure thing for me. The line about hoping Carl Cassell might come back to life to record her voicemail message was oddly yet incredibly relatable. I ultimately liked this book a lot, but it wasn't a complete love, which was both a surprise and a disappointment because I really, really wanted to love it. Dominic and Shay were both likable main characters, and I loved seeing their walls come down as they fell for each other. I liked seeing how Shay grew in her relationships and professional life over the course of the story, and I think the author did a fantastic job of making Dominic a perfectly dreamy, nerdy hero. The Beanie Baby things? Oh, I mean, oh my gosh. The Beanie Babies thing? I mean, that was pure gold. And yeah, I know I just had, I just used, because she used the crying laughing emoji. And she says, and yeah, I know I just used the old lady laughing emoji. <laughs> Lori, I feel you because I've, like, ever since that's become a thing, I've been wanting to use it more and more. Like, because, you know, down with the haters, whatever. Um, Mom doesn't know what I'm talking about. I do. Okay. I, we, you, you're we, what were we watching? We were listening to some podcast the other day where they were talking about how the crying emoji is what old ladies use. I don't remember now. But it, it was one of your, I don't know, Cody Co oh, or H3H3 yes, or, yes, or one, one of my of YouTube videos. That's true. Um, okay. Lori continues. Oh, and the episode transcripts were an utter delight. I, I liked the episode, episode transcripts too. They felt scripted to me. It did well, not seem like natural podcast. <laughs> well, I think they were scripted, but I think... It, because our show is totally scripted. <laughs> You're right. Because I would be the one to write the script and I'm not doing that. Well, I would be a lot nicer to you if you did. That's true. I wouldn't call you names. But, um, uh, yeah, it seems... But so, but it's fine. It's it's dialogue in a book. But, so. but it's a transcript of their show, right? It's not yeah. the script of what they were Correct. saying. It's a transcript of what they were saying. Yeah. So... Sorry, my dog is Steve Rogers. He's <laughs> super loud today. Well, he did sleep for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Back to what Lori was saying. Uh, however, I think what I struggled with was the fact that these two people of integrity agreed to go along with this potentially career-ending lie. And then I had to li- and then had 
I had to live with an impending sense of dread for the entire book since we knew the lie would have to come to light in order for these two people of integrity to get their HEA. And I resented that dread. I think I knew going into it that this premise was going to be uh, one I would struggle with. There are just certain types of angst I don't deal well with. In the end, the implosion was almost worth it thanks to the most nerdtastic grand gesture I've read in a long time, a public radio pledge drive filibustering <laughs> apology and declaration of love. And then she did the nerdy emoji plus the love eyes emoji. And, you know, and then she's, and then when Dominic pulled the plug on their headphones, total swoon. Although I seriously fretted about all the on-air F-bombs since I knew it, it wasn't just their a-hole boss who would be paying for those. But I'll own that as my own weird thing to fret about. Despite the impending dread that was lurking in the background for a good portion of my reading experience, in the end, I think I land on having really liked the whole thing quite a lot. Um, yeah, I get that because I also was like, this is going to blow up in their faces so bad. And I think well, that's... Well, just from the title of the book and you kind of have an idea what the premise is, you know, yeah. you know what's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. Um... Ava says, I loved this book. Also happened to be a fan of NPR and podcasts, which was an easy entry into the book. Uh, Rachel Lynn Solomon is an incredible writer, and I laughed out loud a few times I listened to the audiobook. This one would be a fun audiobook, just because I would be curious as to how they would do some of the podcast scripts and things like that. Um, Tiernan says, this was a cute read. I listened to public and talk radio growing up and loved the premise. I felt the ending was rushed and tied up a bit a tad too neatly with a bow. The transcripts from the show and tweets were a great addition to the story. 3.5 stars. Um, I didn't, I, yeah, my talk is so loud tonight. Um, I didn't totally feel like it was rushed because like the blow up is at like 75%. I mean, yeah, maybe 80%. So I was thinking, well, they're obviously going to get together. What's going to fill the rest of this book? <laughs> Let's just get to it already. Let's just make this happen. Pitter-patter. Um, <laughs> Pitter-patter. Let's get at it. Andrea says, thought it was a slow start, but I loved the second half. Um, which I could see. I mean, I don't know that I thought it was a slow start, but it definitely, like, pacing-wise seems slower. But I think that's most books. I think most books it takes. I was telling Ellen, if I'm, if I'm starting a book and I go to bed late, I fall asleep immediately because yeah. I'm not into the story yet. But if I'm over like 60%, no, it, usually yeah. I can't. I'm like, if I'm over 40% in a book, it's like, I can't read it before I go to bed because I will just stay <laughs> up and finish it a lot of the times. Um, and so I, if I'm fall, if I'm starting a book, I can fall asleep to it, but I can't always do that with other books. Um, Jen says, I loved this book. Shay and Dominic's chemistry was off the charts. I charts. I loved their banter. Dominic is the sweetest Seminole hero. Yeah, he really is. Yes. And Shay is so adorable and witty and really belonged on a radio show. The plots of loneliness and grief gave the book depth. I loved all the NPR and podcast details. Um, and she says, Ellen, if you're doing a March Madness villain bracket, Keith or Kent... Kent needs to be on it. I think we can all agree that he is the worst. He would be a good one because he's like, uh, he's a deceptive. He's a secret. He's a... So we have a poll going on the Facebook group to see what we should do for March Madness because I completely forgot about it until Jen commented on this. Um, I think it's looking like we're going to do book boyfriends. Um, but we will get to a March Madness villain bracket someday. Um, so look out for that starting up book boyfriend March Madness. Um, Morgan said, this book was a love for me. The chemistry between Shay and Dominic was fantastic and didn't seem forced. I wish I had the ability to be that honest to potential love interests when I was single. I loved the way the author wrote about grief and losing a loved one. So many quotes in the book resonated with me and I adored Shay's mom, Leanna, and her partner, Phil. Theirs was a sweet side story, side love story to watch unfold. Then there is Kent. Uh, Jen is right. He is the worst. I had wanted him to have a more notable downfall than just a line saying he was let go. Is it awful to admit I wanted to see him suffer? No. Um, Also, (laughs) Amina could have done a bit more groveling, in my opinion. Good for Shay being more quick to forgive than I probably would have been. As a huge fan of NPR podcasts, this was a winning storyline for me. Um, And those are the thoughts on on this book. So definite, I mean, mostly yeah. loves, mostly really loves. likes. Um, 
which we love to see it. Because, yeah, like, it's it's been a while. Since well, yeah, like I said last week, I said it's been a long time since I read a book that I just really loved. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I know I talked about a few of my quibbles, but like I said, there was enough goodness. I mean, like, that gesture, the banter. Um, well, I love that she comes into the gesture, like, after it's been going for, like, an hour. So you yeah. don't even know what he was saying <laughs> yeah, at the beginning. I know. <laughs> it's like, I wanted there to be the transcript of that first hour. <laughs> just so we can know what he's been up to. Um, okay, any final thoughts on this book? Well, I think we should say that we really are mother and daughter. We should. We should clear that up. So <laughs> case... we don't want any false information to yes. fly around online. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> online, yeah. That's going to be, like, a huge... Twitter's going to be blowing up. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag not my mom. <laughs> I, we should do that. Just, I wish not my mom. Oh, whatever. <laughs> okay, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on The X Talk by Rachel Lynn Solomon. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is not your mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, our subreddit. Not Your Mom subreddit, or you can email us at notyourmomsromancebookclub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On March 8th, we will be discussing The Varley and the Voyeur by L.H. Cosway and Penny Reed. Uh, remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them. That was another thing they talked about in the book was self-promoting to have people give you reviews. Yes, it's true. <laughs> we need it. Review us, babies. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.